0: Episode of You've Got to Get Your Hands on this game. And today I'm going to talk to you about um, a game called Tiny Epic Kingdoms. It's again a get- title that we're offering with our Kickstarter. Tiny Epic Kingdoms, it's in the genre known as 4X, which that means expand, explore, exploit, or s- something like that. The idea is that you start off small, you explore, you get bigger territory more resources and then you end up fighting someone and then you explain you exploit and then you eradicate someone these types of games usually are very long game they usually are played with huge boards and tiny epic kingdoms is not that at all um and that's why i thought that it was an ideal choice to have for this kickstarter um it's a war game sort of you are managing a your little empire and each race has one card associated with it which um with the accessible version what you'll have is just a reference sheet for that card and that card has different levels of magic and each one of these is different for the different races um depending on if you got the kickstarter were in on the kickstarter or got the um specialty races there are a lot of races or there's just a few um i'm not i'm planning on supporting all of the races that are available but you might need to you might not have them depending on where you're picking up your copy i'm not sure exactly how that's working website i'm going to link you to is game which is the distributor um, usually with promos and stuff like that And I think that they implied that they're going to do this. They will offer them through the Board Game Geek Store and at cons at later points... ...if you're obsessive and compulsive and need to have all the different races. Which you don't really need to have to enjoy the game. Anyway, um, the way the game works is there's a list of different actions that you can take. There are six different actions that people can take on a turn. And once the starting player takes an action... Everyone else gets to either take that action, or they can choose to take resources. So, everyone has the, everyone in front of them has their little card that says their race, so they might be orcs, or goblins, or um, halflings, or whatever. And each race has a different theme, like halflings are the diplomacy guys and want to be friendly with everybody... Whereas the Dwarves, they want to build towers and stuff. So every race has a different theme. So every time when you're playing a different race, um, we'll be using a slightly different strategy to hopefully take advantage of that. There are territory cards that are given to you. Each person has one territory card. The way that those work is that everyone is given a territory. And it's a two-sided territory. And the player has a choice of, of either using side A or side B one of the sides has a funky territory to it that's either a ruins or a capital city. Um, And these regions, um, ruins, give you any resource, but you're probably going to lose a guy in there because they're dangerous. Capital cities are worth victory points, but they don't give you resources. And those take a little bit more skill to play, so you always have the option to not play with them. But if you want to, you can do it. And since it's everyone's choice, um, odds are there will be at least one or two of them in any given game you play. Unless people particularly hate them. And that will depend on who you're playing with. them. So on your turn, the starting player makes a choice. He can perform that action. Then the other players get to either perform that action too. Or they get resources. And they'll get resources from every spot on the board where they have a meeple present um, with the exception of capital cities which don't provide resources And so if you if it's your turn and you chose the action you can never decide to take resources there are three different kinds of resources there's um, food which lets you build more guys more guys means you'll eventually get more income that comes with the expand part of this genre the ore comes from the mountains and that lets you build the tower and those are worth victory points at the end of the game that's and the game ends with you counting how many victory points you have and seeing how you win and you give victory points in a couple of different ways you can get it through magic you can get it through building a tower you can get it through just having a sheer number of armies um, and then you just add them all together and it's uh whatever num total number you get that's your victory score and you compare it to other people's victory scores when the end game is triggered and there are a couple end game triggers that I'll get to in a bit the actions that you can do the first one is called patrol and that basically just lets you move one of your guys that's on a territory card and the territory cards the way that they are is they are it's like a little tiny map and I'm doing a tactile version of it and on the version, you'll have like little, a little braille labels that say what it is, whether it's fields or um, mountains or forests, crags or water or capital c- cities or ruins. So you'll read it, you'll feel the braille and it'll have little borders on it that'll tell you what it is. Um, so it's a little map. Usually they have I don't know about five different territories and they'll be kind of adj- some will be adjacent to each other, some won't. Just like a map. And you will... um, If you're doing the patrol action, you can move to an adjacent... A guy from one region to an adjacent region. So anything that's touching directly. If you move into a region that has uh, bad guys, you'll start a war. And I'll talk about war in a second. Um, A similar action is called Quest. Um, It's very similar. The only difference is, instead of moving within one territory card... You're moving to a different territory. And you can't move to a landlocked area like in the center of the territory. So that lets you get onto other people's boards. So you can start getting all up on your other players with the quest action. But you can't patrol onto a different board and you can't quest onto the same. You can never have more than two little guys in one um, area. Um, they're called meeples. That's just a general board game term for any wo- any um, little guy. Um, usually, they're made out of wood. It's meeples. It's a cute little term that's been around forever. I think it originated with Carcassonne, but I don't I'm not fact checking that at all. Um, another thing that you can do is build and build, builds a tower. Tower is only good for victory points at the end of the game. Uh, but it's worth a lot of victory points. And it's one of the possible actions you can do. And it's the best use for oil. One of the more important resources is mana. And that's you get that from forests. And that lets you do research. I said that every race has different magics. And every time you, when you play a different race, you'll get different powers that will upgrade as you go on. And the magic that you get from forests upgrades can be spent on this research and the research lets you I mean, g- gain these powers like the halfling magics they will tend to make it so that you can you you get rewards for making peace with people and it makes it harder for people to break alliances with you um the dwarf ones g- let you build towers easier um the undead ones let you make guys easier so that you can swarm more easily. So each race has a different theme and different things that they're good at. Um, so so you look at the different things. and so You should adapt your strategy based on the different races that other people are playing. Let's see. Another action you can take. And, and again, with all these actions you say, I'm going to build. And then you get a chance to build. Then everyone else gets a chance to do the same thing. Or take resources. So I'm going to research. So I get to research, then the person to my to my left gets to research, then the person to their left gets to research, or they can decide to take resources. And if they take resources, it's as simple as if they're in a forest, they get one mana. If they're in a field, they get one food. If they're in a mountain, they get one ore. And if you have two guys in the same place, you still only get one per span. Another thing that you can, another possible action you can do other than building and researching and patrolling and moving is expand. And what that lets you do is add another meeple onto the board so that you get more guys. So that will potentially let you use, um, do more things. And that costs you food. So in a lot of these games, you want to get food early so that you can get more guys. And having more guys gets you more potential resources so you can get more guys. Um, last thing you can do is trade um that action lets you um exchange one resource for a different kind of resources so so you can change your mana into ore or your or your whatever into or your food into mana or whatever so you can flip them around but you need to take an action to do that like i said there are six different um actions that people can possibly take and ever and people take turns doing it um Once someone has picked an action, it can't be used again um, until the shield tokens run out. Are they called shield tokens? Yeah, they're called shield tokens. They look like shields. So you put the shield tokens on the squares, and there are five shield tokens, and there are six choices. So five choices need to be made, then they're cleared, and they can do it. So you can't repeat. So one action won't be taken. So, for instance... Everything but trading has to go on before it's reset. Or everything except for patrolling has to go on. So once, once it's reset, then everyone can start choosing again. But it's if you move into a territory that has another guy in it, the way it works is that everyone has a D12, 12, 12, which is a 12-sided die. But it's a specialty 12-sided die, um, specifically for the game. Instead of having a 12 on the big side, it has a peace side on the uh, big side. So you can bid resources that you want to commit to your war effort. So you can bid up to 11 resources. This is done blindly and both players at the same time. Now both players, win or lose, are going to lose those resources. And the resources are worth different amounts for war. The most efficient one is mana, that's the best thing for war. Then it's ore, and food is worthless for war, unless you have a special race that lets you use it, which at least one race lets you do that. So everyone does it silently, and whoever has the um, highest number wins, and the other guy has to take his meeple off and return him to his stack, and he'll have to build that meeple again if he ever wants another one um the meeples have escalating costs so your first meeple only costs you 1 the second one costs you 2 third costs you 3 and the same thing kind of works with the magic the way the magic works is first level magic costs you 1 second level magic costs you two, third level magic costs you 3 same thing with the building of the towers first level tower costs you 1 or second costs you 2 or so they all have these escalating costs um, and the game will continue until you reach um, a couple end game conditions. There are seven um, meeples. If anyone ever places their seventh meeple, then it continues until um, till everyone's taken their actions. Then it the game ends. Um, another end game trigger is if someone hits the top of the tower and. Then everyone finishes out their turns and end a game. Count up the points. Another end game trigger is hitting the top of the magic track. So that I think that if conditions are met, it'll be the last turn and the game ends. You cut out the victory points and that's the game. What's good about this game is it gives you an idea, a, a, a taste of what a 4X game can be. This is the, a very simple version of it. It has all the. Ex, um, you're given a lot of interesting choices do i attack do i save up resources do i invest in my magic do i try to get ahead in the towers do i try to um take on get more meeples earlier do i i mean you're you're given a lot of choices all at once and how best do i adapt to the abilities that my other players have um, what I like about it is because everything is contained on a couple different cards, it isn't too um, unwieldy for doing a tactile overlay, and I can do it even with the um, just the sleeves. So it isn't a huge plastic overlay that you need to move around and is a big fuss. It's just... The sleeves, and you feel on the sleeves. Um, you got to be a little bit careful that you don't move the meeples out of position. But you know that they're there, so you, you're being a little bit careful. And I, I don't think that that's going to be an issue at all. A- anything else? It, I just think that it's a fun little game. It's a lot shorter than most forex games. Um, it's just over an hour if you know what you're doing, and you probably won't the first time because. Whenever you're talking about a strategy game, you probably don't know what you're doing the first few times. I enjoyed it when I played it. Um, I definitely want to play it again. Uh, I think it's money well spent, and you got to get your hands on it. Thank you.